Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Jesus often taught in parables and was very intentional on his part. Parables are strange stories that have always an interesting twist to it. Sometimes they're humorous, other times they're challenging. Parables essentially turn the world that we think we know upside down. They help us to think in a different way, look at something in a different perspective. You could say parables help us to think out of the box. Parables also help us to see how God operates and how God thinks. The parable for this weekend does precisely that. It's the parable of the landowner. Now, in my years of priesthood, I can honestly say that this is probably the least liked parable. Right next to the prodigal son. Why is that? Well, I think it's because so many of us can identify with these workers that are hired at the very beginning of the day. Just like we can identify with the older son in the story of the prodigal son. We, at some point in time in our life, have felt that we've been treated unfairly, unjustly. So we can understand the plight of these workers. But nonetheless, I think it's good that this story bothers us. Why? Because this parable works on the biases and opinions that we have formed throughout our life. It works on them. But we have to realize those opinions and biases that we have formed prevent us from drawing closer to Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have to remove them. Now, when we first hear this parable of the landowner, our first reaction is to say, well, he treats his workers unjustly. He's not fair to them. But therein lies the heart of the lesson. Our way of thinking is not God's ways. Our way of behaving is not the way God would behave. See, Isaiah tells us that in the first reading. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways are your ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. A good analogy to help us understand this a little bit better is a child and a parent. Take maybe an eight-year-old child, girl or boy. They come up to you and they say, you know, my parents are so unfair. They treat me unjustly. They force me to go to bed at eight o'clock at night. Now I know I can stay up till at least nine, if not 10 every night, but my parents force me to go to bed at eight o'clock every night. It's so unfair. Later on, that same eight-year-old child comes up to you and they start to complain again. They say, you know, my parents are so unfair. They make me drink milk and orange juice all the time. They always make me eat my vegetables and fruits. Now, I love ice cream and that's all I want to eat throughout the day, but they won't let me do that. It's so unfair. Well, the child's perspective is different from a parent's perspective, isn't it? 
The child's perspective is very narrow, but the parent's perspective is very broad. They know and they see what promotes good health for their child and what keeps their child safe. The child sees from that very narrow perspective of what they can and can't do. And so it's only natural that the child concludes that at some times their parents are unfair. Now, take that analogy and apply it to us in the spiritual life. Well, we see things from a narrow perspective, whether it's in our life or in this world. But God, like a parent, sees from a complete or overall perspective everything, and therein lies the problem. From our perspective, we see things that may appear unjust or unfair in this world or in our life because we fail to see and understand all the implications. We fail to see the complete perspective that only God can see. We look into this world and we see a young woman. She's married and has two young children. She's dying of cancer and there's no, nothing to be done. There's no cure for her. We say, you know, that's so unfair. That's unjust. We also look into this world and we see an elderly person. Their whole life, they've experienced severe chronic pain. They have made peace with God, and now they just want to be relieved. They want to die, and yet they linger on and on, day after day, with this pain. We say, well, that's unfair. That's unjust. We look out into the world and we see poor families, husbands and wives, working, struggling to put food on the table for their children. We also see people in the corporate world having these corporate scandals and dishonestly making millions of dollars and getting away with it. And we say, it's unfair. This is unjust. Well, during those times in which we see those things, we have to turn to the prophets, especially Isaiah in today's first reading. Notice how it begins. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God, who is generous and forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. See, Isaiah is trying to tell us our perspective of the world and our life is kind of like a child. It's pretty narrow. Why is that? Well, because we're finite creatures. There's only so much we can take in and understand. And yet God is infinite. He sees the big picture from the very beginning of time to the very end of this world. He sees it all. What's the key for us? To trust that we have an all-loving and all-knowing God that wants the best for us. And sometimes things may appear to be unjust but they not necessarily are so. You know, it reminds me of that great Zen story. It's a story of the farmer who, with his horse, year after year, tends to his field. Well, one day the horse runs away and his friends find out about this and they come to console the farmer. And they say to him, how unfortunate you are. How unlucky you are. Your, your horse has run away. The farmer's response We'll see. A week later, the horse returns, but it returns with two other wild horses. Well, the farmer's friends come back and they say, how lucky you are, how fortunate you are. Your horse has returned and now you have two brand new horses for free. 
the farmer's response? We'll see. A week later, the farmer's son is riding one of the wild horses. It bucks and throws him. He falls to the ground and breaks his arm. The farmer's friends come back and they say, Oh, how unfortunate you are. How unlucky you are. Your son has broken his arm. The farmer's response? We'll see. A week later, the king in the country sends out all of his soldiers to go to the countryside and recruit all the young men into the army for the upcoming war. Well, the soldiers go to the farmer's house. They see his son has a broken arm and he cannot fight, so they pass him up. The farmer's friends come back and they say, Oh, how lucky you are. How fortunate you are that your son was not recruited into the army. The farmer's response, we'll see. Now notice, in each case, the farmer's response is, we'll see. What is he really saying? I know that what may appear to be good luck or bad luck may just be that or not. But in the grand scheme of things, all can change rather quickly. See, the farmer doesn't really understand or fully grasp each event, whether it's lucky or being unlucky. But the one thing the farmer knows, in the grand scheme of things, anything can change. Anything can be reversed. What might look like an injustice or bad luck could possibly be God's grand scheme of things, his overall plan. Now, with that in mind, go back into the gospel. Now it begins to make a little bit more sense. Those workers that are hired at the very beginning of the day, well, they expect that they're going to get paid more money considering the people or the workers that are hired at 5 o'clock in the afternoon are paid a full daily wage. But when they aren't paid more, they start to complain. Well, what may appear unjust on the surface for them may not be so underneath. Maybe the landowner sees far more underlying issues amongst the other workers. Maybe the landowner sees that the workers that he hired later on were desperate and they were filled with anxiety and trying to get jobs. Maybe the landowner saw those hired workers. He looked into their faces as they felt a sense of failure. They lacked a sense of self-worth and self-esteem because they couldn't find work and they weren't able to provide for their family, which is why maybe he gave them a full daily wage to boost their morale, to give them a sense of stronger self-esteem and self-worth. See, the workers that were hired early in the day, they lacked that perspective of the landowner. They have a very narrow perspective. The landowner sees far more. He's kind of like God. He's like the parent who sees a greater perspective and then acts upon it. Therein lies the great lesson for us all. Isaiah and Jesus are trying to teach us a very powerful lesson. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Jesus never said that having faith would ever be easy, but never impossible. What we have to recognize, when we experience challenges or difficulties in our life, we can't immediately have that narrow perspective and recognize, you know, why is this unjust? This is so unfair. Why is this happening to me? Instead, what we have to do is we have to have faith and trust that we have an all-loving and all-knowing God who wants nothing but the best for us. See, 
When we keep that perspective, then the challenges that come our way, and they will, no one is immune from them, but when they come our way, then we can stay the course. We can keep our faith. We can recognize that what may seem to be an injustice or something unfair could possibly be God's great scheme of things, His divine plan. But only through faith can we weather those challenges and those difficulties in our life. Can we not allow them to overcome us, whatever they may be? And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.